The Grandmother by Lajos Biro. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Characters The Grandmother, read by Sonia. The Blonde Young Lady, read by phone. The Brunette Young Lady, read by T.J. Burns. The Bride, read by Elsie Selwyn. The Vivacious Girl, read by Jen Broda. The Melancholy Girl, read by Bavia. The Sentimental High School Girl, read by Devorah Allen. Jovial Young Man, read by Josh Kibbe. The Polite Young Man, read by Chuck Williamson. The Disagreeable Young Man, read by Thomas Peter. Stage Directions, read by Campbell Shelp. There is only this notable thing to be said about Grandmother. Her hair is snow-white, her cheeks rosy, and her eyes violet-blue. She is the most youthful and enthusiastic, best and most cordial grandmother ever beloved by her grandchildren. The scene opens on a broad, sunny terrace furnished with garden furniture, chairs, small tables, and chaise lounges. Back of the terrace is the beautiful summer residence of Grandpa. Behind it is a large English garden and its luncheon blossoms. The disagreeable young man enters, yawns, stretches discontentedly, slouches here and there, picks up a volume from the table, then falls into a couch at right, and, lighting a cigarette, begins to read. The other grandchildren enter in groups of two and three and seat themselves. Oh, my word, children, I am too full for utterance. What a spread! Ah, mm, mm, now for a good cigar and a soft chair, and I am as rich as a king. We are having such charming weather. Is not this park like a paradise? How did you like the after-dinner speeches? Uncle Heinrich was splendid. There is great laughter. Uncle Heinrich was never strong in speech-making, but in the beginning even Demosthenes stuttered. <laughs> the trouble is that Uncle Heinrich stopped where Demosthenes began. Besides, a manufacturer has no time to parade on the seashore with pebbles under his tongue. <laughs> there is more laughter. <laughs> Children, who wants a cigarette? I... The polite young man, handing them cigarettes and lighting a match for them, he speaks to the bride. Aren't you going to smoke? No, I thank you. Lord, no, she must not. The noble bride must not permit tobacco smoke to contaminate her rosy lips. <laughs> they all laugh. May I have a cigarette, too? You be careful, or the same misfortune may happen to you at any minute that happened to Lucy. <laughs> the jovial young man pointing to the bride he hands the vivacious girl a cigarette if my bridegroom shall object to tobacco smoke he can pack his things and off well young people what are we going to do next let's remain here the park looks so beautiful oh i object We'll remain here until the sun goes down a little, and then we'll play tennis. They agree. 
can we remain here let us enjoy the spring in the garden let's play tennis a little exercise is the best cure for romance and you can enjoy your spring out there as well you dreamer <laughs> they laugh you are as loud as the besiegers of jericho in your planning behold he speaketh <laughs> <laughs> you are so overbearing in your jollifications that it is positively disgusting for the past hour you have been giggling away without the slightest reason you have so much leisure you do not know what to do with yourselves kurt must you always be the killjoy in the party if you would at least take yourselves off from here but admit that today there's reason enough for every kind of jollity <laughs> is there indeed you have finished a costly banquet and now are enjoying a good digestion you are young and have a healthy animal appetite but why deck sentimentalism on your horns your pardon do you suppose that all a person gets out of this remarkable occasion is a good dinner have you no appreciation do you realize what this day means to all of us very well my boy now tell me why you are so overfilled with joy yes i will i am glad that i can celebrate the golden wedding of my grandfather i am glad that just thirty years ago today grandfather founded his factory i am glad because of our large and happy family and that so many lovely and good and happy people have come here to celebrate this remarkable event all of them good and prosperous prosperous yes i rejoice at their prosperity the laborers down there in the foundry however are not as overjoyed at this prosperity as you are for this prosperity of yours they have been starving these past thirty years grandfather was always good to his employees indeed our grandfather has managed by hook or by crook to amass an enormous fortune and you are glad that his fortune is now made and you do not have to resort to questionable means the polite young man hurt questionable means you do not intend to assert that our grandpapa i assert nothing but mark you this there is only one honest way to gain a large fortune inheriting it you cannot earn it without resorting to questionable means shame to say a thing like that shame to say that of grandfather all of them are upset and disturbed grandmother appears on the balcony why children what is it what's wrong why grandma just think of it kurt said that grandpa made his fortune by questionable means I did not say exactly that. Yes, you did. You, you said, said that. Yes, yes, you said, you said that. Grandmother, as energetically as possible for her. I think you are in error, Kurt. In the entire fortune of your grandpa, there is not a single copper that was not earned by him in the most honest way. But look, Grandma, what I said was, generally in those cases no one grandmother hurt when i tell you this boy it is so 
when i tell you anything my child you should never doubt it yes grandma you are quite right but i maintain that human learning and experience have proved why don't you stop do you perhaps want to insult grandma you are taking too great an advantage of our good nature i'll tell you that if you folks had any sense don't you know enough to shut up attack him indeed he's right stop shut up the disagreeable young man in spite of this scene wants to continue but the protests of the others drown his voice he casts a contemptuous look at them shrugs his shoulders throws himself on the sofa and begins to read now don't trouble yourself about him any longer grandma dear here rest yourself nicely in this chair among us there grandma the old folks are there at the table we young people are here in the fresh air we lacked only the youngest one of us all and here you are there is a glad assent as the grandmother sits down are you quite comfortable grandma dear would you like something to rest your feet on thanks my child i am quite all right and i am very happy yes grandma you ought to feel happy how young you look and how lovely and rosy grandma what is it my angel tell me how does a woman manage so that she is admired by her husband for full fifty years as you are by grandfather yes how did you manage that you will all be loved and admired after fifty years as i have been a person must be good we must love each other but grandmother is it not wonderful at seventy and seventy-five to love so beautifully and purely as you and grandfather have loved you must always be good and patient with each other and brave never lose courage but look grandma not even i could be as brave as you have been and no one can ever say that i lose courage they all laugh i still shudder when i think how in those days in march of forty eight you had to run away or in the sixties when the city was bombarded you with my mamma and aunt olga escaped from the burning house how interesting that was tell us another story grandma there is loud assent yes yes grandma shall tell us another story <laughs> but i have already told you so much you heard all our history not i grandma i have not heard the story of when you got lost in the friedrichs road forest that story i have told you so often children ask your mother about it she'll tell you but grandma i haven't heard it either just tell us that one and we'll go to play tennis if you'll pardon me grandma i believe you ought to tell us a different incident today i've heard that history so often tell us something contemporaneous tell us about the first sewing machine or the first railroad or about crinolines or contemporary theatre or art no tell us about the woods the disagreeable young man shrugs his shoulder and buries his head in his book grandmother begins to narrate and the circle of her admiring and attentive audience grows narrower 
well my children it happened in the year eighteen hundred and forty a year after grandfather was almost shot by error in those days the happenings took us quite far away from here to friedrichsrode my dears where you have never been your grandfather had a small estate there and that's how we made our livelihood we always wished and prayed to get the management of the large estate of the count of schwanhausen but we lived there humbly in the little house was my mamma home then no she was not in this world yet but a year later she was born so your grandfather and i lived then in this little red-roofed house your grandfather used to be busy with the land the entire day those days i was taking on weight and to reduce i would take long walks through the country one day in october in the afternoon it was beautiful sunny autumn weather as usual i went again on my long walk the country there is very beautiful all hills covered with dense forests this afternoon my way led into the famous forest of friedrichsrode when there i kept on walking here and there i would stop to pick a flower don't forget grandma that it was quite late when you left your house you are correct my dear after our dinner i had some things to attend to in the house and that is why i started that day later than usual i was walking through the forest going in deeper and deeper and suddenly i began to realize that it was getting dark it was in the autumn and the days were getting short when i saw how dark it was i turned homeward but in the meanwhile evening came sooner than i counted and suddenly it got dark altogether now thought i i must hustle i hurried as well as i could but as much as i hurried i did not get home had i gone home the right way i would have reached it then and so it dawned on me that i had lost my way great heavens indeed my child i was really lost in the woods and in the friedrichsrode forest besides what that meant you cannot now realize since that time these woods have been considerably cleared then also we live in a different world to-day but in those days friedrichsrode forest was a very very dismal place it spread away into the outskirts of the hartz mountains and was a wild primeval god-forsaken forest where highway robbers were hiding and in the winter it was full of the wolves from the mountains there is a short pause and what did you do grandmother really my child a great anxiety came upon me i stood still and tried to fix my direction then i turned to a path which i figured ought to lead me home after i walked a half hour however i found that the forest instead of getting lighter was getting thicker and thicker three or four times i changed the direction but no matter what i did i was walking deeper and deeper into the dark woods although the moon was shining then the branches of the trees were so thick that i could see but little and that which i saw only frightened me all the more every tree stump every overhanging bough excited my fear my feet were continuously caught in the roots of big trees and the undergrowth tore my bleeding face and feet and it was getting cold 
i felt frozen and dismally quiet terribly dark was the night in the forest there is a pause and suspense good heavens how perfectly terrible then i collected all my wits i said to myself if i keep on walking i will lose my way all the more i ought to remain where i am and wait when grandfather arrives at home and misses me he will start a search with all the help and people they will go into the woods with torchlights and then i will see the lights from the distance and hear them call and in that way i can get home how clever of our grandma and how brave after i figured it out that way i looked about for a sheltered nook in between two great big tree trunks there was a cave like a little house a place all filled with soft moss a pleasant camping place i fell into this and prepared myself for a long wait i waited and waited the night peopled the woods with every kind of sound there was whistling whispering humming blowing screeching and once from a distance a long-drawn deep howling this undoubtedly was the wolves merciful god then even i lost my courage i wanted to run run as long as my legs would carry me but i realized that the wiser thing was to be brave and to remain so i set my teeth and kept on waiting and then gradually the howling ceased so i sat there on this moss bank gazing before me and thought of many things suddenly i heard a noise i straightened up and listened it was a breaking sound and a rustle as though someone were brushing aside the underbrush the noise was getting nearer and nearer oh i was all ears i could clearly distinguish now that the sound was the footstep of a human being frightened i started through the darkness and in the dull moonlight i saw that actually a man was wading through the thick underbrush what was i to do i pressed against the tree trunk and my fast and loud beating heart seemed to be in my throat the man was coming directly toward me when he was about three paces away from me and i could distinguish his features i felt like fainting it was red mike a very dangerous fellow from our neighborhood every one knew that he was a robber later on he was imprisoned for murder but he escaped from the prison now he was there what should i do what did you do grandma great heavens frenzied i pressed against the tree trunk i wanted to hide but the robber came directly toward me it was as though he could see me even in this darkness and behind the tree trunk later on when he was caught i found out that he had prepared this very place for his night's resting place he had brought all this soft moss there of course i did not know that he just came there to rest himself all i saw was that he was making directly for me then such a great fear seized me that instead of pressing against a tree and letting him go past me i shrieked just as he came within reaching distance and began to run away there is a pause and feverish suspense and what did the robber do 
my sudden outcry and quick dash and flight scared him for the moment but as soon as i appeared in the moonlight he saw that it was only a woman who had frightened him he hesitated about half a minute and then started to pursue me i flew i was young then and i could run fast but it was dark and i did not know my way as i pressed forward i ran into a low branch and tore my cheek so that it bled my skirt was torn into shreds suddenly i stumbled and fell to the ground i hurt myself quite painfully but in spite of that i rose quickly again and commenced to run and the robber after me all the time i could always hear his footsteps in my wake my legs were about to give up under me when i got an idea to hide behind a stout tree trunk but the robber began to look through the underbrush in the spot where he last saw me and he finally found me he came near me how terrible with one single leap i jumped aside and started to run again once more i fell down and again i rose aimlessly i ran wildly over roots and stones and the robber kept right on after me and the distance between me and my pursuer was getting smaller and smaller then all of a sudden i heard the sound of his footsteps close to me to escape him i tried to dash away to the side of him but with a sudden leap he was by my side grabbing me by my shoulder he threw me on the ground and i fell upon my back he had to run so fast that he dashed a couple of paces past me he turned about and then i saw that he had a long knife in his hand merciful heaven i could not budge an unspeakable fear seized me then i uttered a piercing shriek the robber approached me i cried out there is a pause then then well what then what i cried out like an insane person now the robber was near me he bent over me suddenly a voice sounded who's crying here the voice seemed to be near the footsteps were audible who's crying here it asked the second time the branches parted and a man in a hunting habit with a gun in his hand appeared the robber took to his heels and flew into the woods the hunter now came near me and called to a second man who followed they helped me to rise and they carried me over to a small clearing there i saw a light buggy into which they lifted me soon they fetched the horses and in a half hour i was in the schwanhausen castle sipping hot brandy which they had prepared for me the man in the hunting habit was the count of schwanhausen who had been hunting in the woods how interesting in the castle i quite recovered then the count ordered another carriage to drive me home and at six in the morning i landed safely in our house your grandpa was sick with worry he and his people had searched for me in the woods for hours and that's how i was almost lost a few days later grandpa went to thank the count for my rescue the count took a liking to him that was the old count yes it was the old count the benefactor of all of us grandfather thanked him courteously for my rescue the count took a liking to him and soon after that grandfather got the management of the entire schwanhausen estate which proved the cornerstone of his good fortune 
and that my dears is the story of my night wonder in the forest of friedrichsrode amid general approval grandma is surrounded everybody is indebted to her they all speak at once except the disagreeable young man we thank you cordially it was wonderful grandma dear interesting beautiful grandma is a storytelling genius a most wonderful one very well my dears but now run along to your tennis game i'll come over later to watch on they all agree three cheers for our very dear beloved charming grandma they all cheer three times then they surround her kiss her cheeks and head and stroke her hair adieu old sweetheart auf wiedersehen precious grandma the sentimental high school girl inspired grandma she rushes over to her and covers her with kisses grandma bears all these amiabilities with pleasurable tolerance she strokes and pats the grandchildren and as they retire she fondly gazes after them nodding to them with laughter kurt are not you going with the others no why not kurt why don't you follow the others they think that i am bad and i know that they are stupid grandmother seats herself in silence the disagreeable young man continues to read he lights a new cigarette while lighting the cigarette grandma what is it my child whatever you say might of course never be questioned no my child but do tell me grandma did that story really happen in that way what story the night wander through the friedrichsrode forest certainly it happened exactly as you told it are you quite sure that you remember all those details yes why oh uh, just so i merely wanted to inquire grandma but why did you want to <laughs> i was just interested thank you very much do not let me disturb you further grandma he takes up his book and continues to read the grandmother remains seated but is greatly embarrassed she would like to keep on gazing into the park and enjoying her quiet but she is unable to concentrate her thoughts she is getting more and more disturbed there is a pause kurt yes grandma dear kurt why have you asked me if the forest incident happened that way i merely wanted to find out grandma you just wanted to find out but one does not ask such things without some good reason i was interested interested but why are you interested just in general but do not get disturbed on account of that grandma the grandmother is silent the disagreeable young man picks up his book the grandmother wants to drop the subject at this point she does not succeed but continues to look over toward the young man he reads on kurt yes grandma dear kurt you shall tell me this instant the reason you asked if the incident really happened that way but grandma i have already told you that don't you tell me again that you asked because the matter interested you you would never have asked such a question if you did not have some special reason for it but grandma kurt 
if you do not this moment tell me why you said that then i will never her voice becomes unusually strong and shakes i never in my life will speak to you again but grandma i do not want to insult you you will not insult me if you will be sincere and open be sincere always and you will not insult me but when you're trying to hide something from me that's when you insult me this cannot remain in this way i must know what you are thinking of i must know that grandma i was afraid you would be angry with me if you keep on concealing things i shall be angry no matter what you have to say i will not hold it against you are you not angry now no i promise you i will not be angry say whatever you please the disagreeable young man hesitates well then out with it speak up my child be it what it may as long as it is frank and sincere speak up now come very well then grandma it is impossible that the story could happen in that manner grandmother offended you mean that i told an untruth oh no i did not say that the incident did not happen i just maintained that it could not have happened in that fashion but why not on account of the details let us take it for granted grandma that as you state you commenced your exercise walk in the afternoon yes let's say that you had household duties and started out quite late about four o'clock grandmother disturbed but following the cross-examination intently yes very well you started at four o'clock the walk was a good one and consumed mm, let us say one hour and a half yes yes this brings us to half past five o'clock in october and in a dense forest besides at half past five it gets fairly dark at that hour it was then that she lost your way the grandmother nods her head in assent another hour and a half spent in wandering that brings us to seven o'clock you now reach the night lodging of the robber here you were resting exactly quite right here you are waiting and resting now we want to allow a long time for it three let us say three and a half hours um, not that long oh yes let us we'll then have reached half past ten o'clock it could not have been later when this forest bandit came these pirates never go to their bed earlier they shun light and must get their sleep while the world is the darkest he could not sleep during the day even in the darkest forests in short then it was half past ten half past ten now began the flight and the pursuit you ran let us say full twenty minutes that is a great deal i was a track runner in college and i know what a twenty minute stretch means shall we say twenty minutes twenty minutes in any circumstances it was not even eleven when you were safely out of danger yes and and a half hour later you were sipping hot brandy in the schwanhausen castle yes 
the disagreeable young man is silent grandmother shaking with excitement and what else the disagreeable young man is silent grandmother she shakes with fear as to what will follow but forces herself to face it well say on what else at six on the following morning you reached your home and he pauses grandmother if her loud speaking could be called an outcry then she cries out yes what else what happened then go on say it what else the disagreeable young man he makes a new attempt to tell everything bravely at once but hesitates in the morning at six you arrived at home the others had no idea as to the distance between schwanhausen and friedrichsrod but i wanted to see it myself so last year with a friend i made a walking trip through that country i tried this distance in a half hour of slow walking i reached from one place to the other and the horses in the count's stables and the state roads were then in as good condition as to-day well then you started from the castle at half-past five in the morning but you reached there at half-past eleven the preceding night you spent six entire hours in the castle then another point they all speak of the count the benefactor of us all as the old count when he died five years ago he was of course an old count an old man of seventy but thirty-five years ago he was a young count of thirty years of age the grandmother stares blindly at the disagreeable young man alarmed over grandma's fright he rises he would very much like to make up to her but he lacks words the grandmother rises she is trembling with a shaking hand she is nervously setting her dress to rights twice she turns to the young man to speak to him but is unable to utter a word then she turns she is about to return into the house but remains near the doorstep again she turns then she is about to go in but turns again and remains standing the disagreeable young man frightened grandma you you gave me your word that you would not be angry grandmother she stumbles forward a few steps she is disturbed shivering beside herself complaining almost sobbing <laughs> you are an evil child you are a bad bad and evil child for fifty years i have told the same story always the same same way and that it happened differently never never even came into my mind <sighs> curtain end of the grandmother <laughs>